So uh, welcome to the NTC Math Tea Seminar. Uh, this is a kickoff uh, seminar for this year, for this fall. Uh, it's my pleasure to introduce our speaker, uh, Randy Peters, who's an associate professor of practice in the Department of Civil Engineering at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And he's had a very varied career, uh, most formerly director of the Nebraska Department of Roads. Uh, and I'll let him tell you, and he's going to give a very interesting talk on uh, perspective of the career based on his experiences. So welcome, Randy. I'll let you uh, take over. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Willett. I thought I would let the, the room dictate where I stand in here. I wasn't quite sure how many people would be here and where I could get eye contact with the most of you. So I'm abandoning plan A, which was to uh, have an informal conversation around the table. And I'm going to plan B. However, I do need to have a line of sight with the PowerPoint as well. So I'm going to challenge Larissa to follow me with the camera. This is going to work pretty well for me. So thank you all for coming out for the seminar. Uh, as Dr. Arlette told you, I'm brand new to this community as well. This I. I signed a contract with UNL on August 7th to come here and teach on August 17th, where well, classes started the 24th. So um, I'm honored and humbled to be a part of the community here. I've met some of you, and you've made me feel very welcome, and uh, I'm happy for that. My, uh, I am going to be a professor of practice, and I um, am officed in the uh, civil engineering department. I'll tell you a little bit about my own career tra trajectory and use that as an explanation about why, what qualities I bring to be a professor of practice to share with you in the College of Civil Engineering. But my it was easy for me to buy into the mission of UNL, and I support the idea with my intention to connect students with the uh, industry and the professional community. Uh, I've had extensive experience here in the state, and I know a lot of the people who practice. I've had good mentors at the university, and they did the same thing for me. They made sure that the doors were open and I was able to meet them the people in practice. So a little bit about myself, my professional experience. I was uh, an employee of the Nebraska Department of Roads before I became a student at UNL. So I had 10 years of pre-professional experience in a transportation agency before I earned my bachelor's in civil engineering here at UNL. And that was, that's a good perspective in its own right. In those uh, first 10 years, I was a um, technician in the planning department. The year was 1977, and I um, did the equivalent of what is the Google car these days, you know, the car that's outfitted with the video camera that drives the, the street grid and takes um, street-level photo photos of 
anywhere, everywhere geography. It was my job to do that in the state of Nebraska. But this was before technology was in its present state. There were no video cameras that were ubiquitous. We did the filming with an analog camera, still pictures, uh, a, a big, if you think of the old time movie cameras with the big magazines uh, on a tripod, it was that kind of a camera with a 10 inch diameter magazine that the film um, was threaded through. And it was an engineering mechanism set up to take a photo every 52.8 feet or one hundredth of a mile. And then that digital information was superimposed on the bottom of the still frame. So you would drive down the road and you'd hear this rhythmic click, 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 and the picture the pictures would be uh, snapping as you went along. And then we edited the rolls down into 100 foot rolls, about that big of a diameter, put them on a special motion analyzer, and if you ran it at 24 frames per second, it was like a motion picture, and uh, you could see a pre-video video of the highway network in Nebraska. Well, that was an interesting job. It sparked a lifelong interest in uh, learning about technology and how technology can be applied to solve civil engineering problems. About the third time I drove every mile of every <laughs> of every state highway and visited every city in the state, I could see that to go further in this agency, it would be in my best interest to pursue an education in civil engineering, which I did. I, I uh, while working at the Nebraska Department of Roads, I matriculated here at UNL. And uh, in five years of that first 10 there, I spent it as a student working 70% um, full-time at, at the agency and being a full-time student. So I graduated in 1987 with a degree in civil engineering. And because during that work as the Google car driver of the day, I was working under the supervision of a professional engineer. I was able to qualify to sit for the professional, there's a professional engineer's exam upon graduation, which was a big bonus to me. It was uh, all, all of the student work, all of the scholastic work was fresh in my mind. The professional engineer's exam was a piece of cake for me, and that, that was a, a lucky break. I consider that a very lucky break. So then, at the end of 10 years, I am now a graduate civil engineer and um, a professional engineer at the same time. So I would say my career trajectory for the first 10 years was a plateau at the very lowest rung of a highway agency. And then as soon as I graduated uh, and had the, the entree into the profession, a professional license and a bachelor's degree in civil engineering, I um, became a highway designer. And that was, those years I, I probably was the most technical in my entire 38 year career applying 
what I learned in the um, civil engineering school as far as highway design, transportation engineering, to real-world projects with project delivery uh, deadlines and um, meta-production goal. I did that for three years before I was promoted to a specialty position. At that time, computer-aided design was the emerging technology. Most of the design up until that point was done with drafting equipment and uh, hand-drawn cross-sections and computer-aided design was a brand new field. It was an opportunity for a young, ambitious engineer, so I volunteered to be there at the ground floor and establish things like naming conventions, um, level guides, line weights, um, all those kind of standards that had to be put into place so that a big agency, a multidisciplinary agency, could share computer-aided design files. So I did that for two years before a new opportunity came along. And this really signaled my leaving the professional technical part of the profession and moving into management leadership. I um, became a section head for the roadway design section, which that was the assistant manager for a, for a department that would design all of the roadways for the state of Nebraska. This was uh, in the early 1990s, and Nebraska had embarked on a uh, a program to build a new, the big vision was, let's build this 600-mile system of four-lane, almost interstate-like expressways connecting the, uh, the towns of 15,000 and greater to the interstate system. So it was an exciting time to be in the, in the highway design field. We were doing... Uh, our designs were not on the map yet. And we, we really literally altered the face of the map uh, for the state of Nebraska and started building these four-lane expressways. Uh, it was a very exciting, very rewarding um, position to have. I did that for about five years, and then an opportunity came to be the division manager for the traffic engineering division. A little bit different um, specialization, uh, and it was oriented towards traffic engineering analysis, signing, safety studies, uh, speed limit determinations, and it, it's billed as the state traffic engineer. We often referred to it as the complaint department. Any operational problem or perceived safety problem on the uh, state highway system usually found its way into the traffic engineering division. That was uh, very interesting work, uh, very related to one of the uh, sub-disciplines here that uh, Nebraska is particularly, UNL is particularly good at. After 10 years, I um, 
responded to an opportunity to become the planning and project development division head. In, in a sense, that was returning back to the home I started with as a pre-professional in the planning division. It was also an area that needed some attention because there were uh, there was a emerging concern about our ability to develop projects in compliance with all of the uh, National Environmental Protection Act requirements in the NEPA. Uh, the uh, federal laws required us to follow these steps, and it was kind of a contentious area. And so that's why it presented an opportunity to come in and solve some problems. I did that for only two years when um, an opportunity came to, for the promotion to the one of the top three spots at the Department of Roads. There are, the way it's organized, there are 2,100 people, one director and two deputies. And so the, one of the deputy spots, deputy director for engineering, came available in uh, 2009. And uh, I was privileged to be selected for that spot. That launched my, if between computer-aided design coordinator and planning project development head was management, I would call this the leadership role. Management's still an element. Being grounded in the technical competencies is still an element. But leadership is more about setting the long-range future direction, being the point of contact with outside communities of interest and agencies, the legislature, the governor, um, and completely you're grounded in your civil engineering competencies and, and you have the competence that you earn from the problem-solving skills doing engineering, but it's very much a soft skills and political universe when, when you move into the realm of the leadership. And then from 2011 until, or from 2012 until 2015, I was appointed by then Governor Dave Heineman to be the Director State Engineer for the Department of Roads, which was my last professional gig before I accepted the professor of practice here. So I'm just sharing with you some of the perspectives given that journey. Ordinarily when I present at a seminar, I would go deep into some topic where I have researched. Today's more broad ranging just to tell you where I come from, how I hope to fit into this community, and how I hope to be able to uh, aid in the mission of the, of the university's College of Engineering. So one thing about transportation engineering, which is my wheelhouse, that you've come to learn is that transportation very much develops in response to the geography. Transportation in Nebraska is influenced by the fact that it's a vast state, 77,000 square miles with a low population, 1.8 million people. And so um, the highway network is very rural in character. It's, you can meet with your fellow transportation directors that come from Massachusetts or California 
and you can be talking about um, millions and millions invested in public transit, walking, and pedestrian, bicycle trails. And we have that component in Nebraska too, but you have to recognize that the density in Nebraska is there's a 10,000 mile network that's very, very rural in character, where bicycling wouldn't work for you, where freight, freight commodities um, move vast distances, and it's not a metropolitan environment. It kind of dictates the way that the highway system has developed here. And uh, Nebraska is kind of an anachronism. Maybe, maybe you would think it's a holdout or it's long overdue, but we're the only state in the country that's still organized as a Department of Roads and not a Department of Transportation. And it's um, really a function of the fact that there are no water, there's not much waterway navigation here, so there's no system of ports, there's no publicly owned rail transportation. The Department of Aeronautics is a very small agency, and so um, it kind of makes sense that we are still a Department of Roads because we're a landlocked surface transportation state. It's debatable, though. It's, all, it's, it's a perennial debate in the state legislature about whether Nebraska should become a Department of Transportation, and if so, what does that mean? So when you look at the purpose of the transportation system, safe and efficient movement of people and goods, and economic growth and development, oftentimes those first two are in conflict with each other. And there are political fault lines along those two principles. People in the sparsely settled panhandle part of the state believe we should invest hundreds of millions of dollars in a four-lane road there from border to border with the philosophy of build it and they will come. And it will bring population back to, the, to that area of the state. People on the eastern part of the state say, whoa, wait a minute, we've got real traffic problems right now. We've got real congestion. You're not keeping pace with the with the roads we need, that's where you should spend those hundreds of millions of dollars. So there's an engineering way to select those projects, but there's also, you've got to realize the context you make those engineering decisions in is a political context. And um, if you forget that, the editorial boards of the local newspaper <laughs> will be sure to remind you that there is a political context to those decisions that you're making. So part of the, part of the um, providing mobility options in a state like Nebraska is not so much that we have recurring congestion that would make your trip to the airport unpredictable. You know, you don't often encounter stop and go, completely stopped traffic in this state. Because we are so rural, we, we don't have major congestion problems. So when we talk about mobility, it's about making sure that the 
snow is plowed immediately after the snowfall event, or that the interstates or roadways are opened in response to a crash and an incident as quickly as they can be. Those are the kind of things that a Department of Roads in a rural state will focus on for mobility. And ultimately, the, the, um, the purpose of a state transportation agency is just to connect people with the social goods, school, family, church, entertainment, jobs. Um, that's the function of a, of a modern transportation network. A little bit more about the Nebraska. I mentioned it's a huge state. Uh, not that many people, relatively speaking, and yet there are 530 municipalities in this state. Um, it's a lot of little towns, and each one of those towns owns their own street network within the municipality. There are 93 counties, um, of which about 85 of them have been losing population since the 1920s. When you look at the transportation network across the state, in round numbers, there's 100,000 miles of streets and highways. About 80,000 miles of those are almost unimproved county road, um, section line roads. The, the gravel pavement is the most common. Um, they're the farm to market roads in the rural parts of the state, that's where 80% of the roadway miles are. But probably something like 10 or 15% of the traffic is on that 80% of the mileage system. The um, state, on the other hand, owns a, a 9,902 mile network of state highway system. That's what uh, the state agency I headed up was responsible for. That's where most of the traffic is. And uh, the remaining miles are within those 530 municipalities. But there's a division of ownership there. You can see uh, the county zone, 80% of the miles, but they're the very rural, very low investment miles. The cities own their share and the state owns its share. It gets very confusing to the users who's responsible for what, how this system should integrate with um, the different owners. And that's, uh, that's part of the challenge of being in the management and the leadership of a state transportation agency. And then overarching all of that is the federalism. The uh, federal government doesn't actually own any streets or highways, but they they fund, Federal Highway funds about 45% of the state highway system. And um, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but something like 10 or 15% of the local system is federally funded. So the state acts as a middleman between the counties and the cities and the federal government for prosecuting federal projects. And 
what comes with that are the whole host of environmental and social laws that come with the federal project often creates tension between the local governments and the state government. It uh, definitely represents uh, an area where, where dispute resolution can come into play. There's quite a debate going on about whether or not the federal government should continue to have this overarching role uh, or whether the states should take more of it. And, uh, you know, there's clearly some federal responsibilities for interstate commerce, the, the system of interstate highways that are consistent across the states and promote um, a lot of the um, economic commerce. Clearly a good thing. Clearly it's good to have a national role in setting the vision for those kind of roads. But beyond that, there's a question of whether or not states and localities should should take care of the more the, the street systems and the road systems that are more local in character. So as an agency head, um, you've got this 10,000 miles of highway system. Uh, you've got a budget of $800 million. You've got roads that are in are um, in need of repair, you need to be able to set a strategic vision. So the Department of Roads did so by framing things in eight strategic goals. And, and in order to be data-driven and track these goals, there were a, a matrix of associated performance measures that mapped to each one of the eight goals. But in, in broad terms, they were enhance safety, manage the assets, and there, again, that's the 10,000 miles of highway system. There are 3,500 bridges. There are 599 buildings across the 120 different locations. It's just a far-flung asset base to be responsible for. You need to deliver projects a program of projects for street repair, highway repair, highway expansion. You make promises. You need to be able to deliver on your projects. That's a very civil engineering intensive part of the, the highway department is the project delivery team. Strengthening partnerships across those communities and other political jurisdictions was very key. Improving mobility, again, making sure the traffic jams are addressed, that uh, the road closures are minimized, that plow, the snow is plowed and the crashes are cleared up is a strategic goal that's measurable. Environmental sustainability, that really centers around doing minimal damage, keeping your footprint as small as you can on the uh, the natural and social environment. Developing the workforce, uh, by extension, UNL is a great partner in developing the workforce and put on workshops and transferred some of the research findings um, to, the, to the agency workforce. And to be um, 
accountable for the public funds that you're entrusted. With an $800 million annual budget, you need to account for what's being done with those funds. So I just put together a couple of representative performance indicators that Rhodes used to track these goals, just to kind of give you context for where your scholarship might be, and you might think about these these performance indicators because they were they're very important. As far as project delivery, you publish a program of projects and you say you list the projects that you plan to do in the next one, two, three, four, and five years. Um, communities come to bank on that and rely on your um, integrity of delivering those projects. So one of the measures is um, track the number of projects you actually completed in the year you said you, within the five-year program in the year you said that you would. So it's it's a quantifiable. It's a good performance metric. It's uh, you can see it's tracked over time. Sure. It was. It, it was. Um, That was the recession coupled with an even more localized phenomenon, which was the legislature was not keeping pace with the revenue that was predicted when we published the five-year plan. So part of it was not the engineers not being able to develop the project on time, but the funding piece was not coming in on time. So it's not a, that's not a good, 2010 was not a good year to be out explaining what was happening, but we were transparent. We knew what was happening. We had the data there to back us up. This is an indication of how well our construction management people are able to estimate how long it's going to take to finish the job. And so we have a corporate goal of having 85% um, of the projects completed within the engineers estimated time. And, and many things can happen there. The, the weather, it can be a rainy year. Um, contractors, forces can be called to other projects. You have to adapt and, and take a, different, a different strategies to complete projects in order to continually try to meet that goal. This one's very important. The, um, Fatalities. There, last year there were 225 fatalities on, on the whole 100,000 mile system, counties, cities, and state highway system within the state. That's that's um, it's a high number. 225 lives lost is a terrible social toll to take. And if you are in the business of quantifying and monifying this, uh, I don't know what number you used. Dr. Rowlett, but three million is 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 one number that that uh, represents a, a a life lost, and so if you're monetizing 225 deaths, that's uh, 
$675 million. And that's, that's compared to an, an annual construction budget of $500 million, you can spend an awful lot of money on safety and be justified. Our goal is to um, be, it, it was set to be 1.0 per 100 million vehicle miles in 2007, back when, it, when the rate was 1.4. And we thought that would be unattainable and that that would be a stretch goal. And we broke out the champagne in 2010 when we actually achieved 1.0 um, fatalities per 100 million vehicle miles. We were aided by a, an economy that had people driving less, and for some reason that, that was a nationwide trend uh, of better safety, and, and also attributed to our focus to uh, focus on behaviors more than infrastructure, get the impaired drivers off the road, get people to wear their seat belts. It made a difference, but um, regrettably, we're trending back in the wrong direction. So again, research projects, research initiatives that have the, the stated goal of reducing fatal injuries and injury crashes are very important. That's just a detailed breakdown of fatalities, where they occurred, and uh, in comparison year over year. Um, that data is thoroughly analyzed within the department to try and make a difference. This one is an, uh, a measure of how many of our roads are in good or very good condition. And we, uh, we have a stated goal of 84% of the roads in good or very good condition. We're not keeping up as well as we might with the um, non-interstate highways. We got behind, but we're trending in the right direction there, we believe. And there's a very intensive asset management system that annually inspects all the roads and rates them on a Nebraska Serviceability Index about whether they're poor very poor, fair, or good, and um, that, is, that information is used to program projects and make sure that the right projects are being worked on. And this performance measure has to do with mobility. It's a, it's a measure of the number of incidents on the Omaha freeway system in the gold bars and the average time it takes to clear those incidents. And that's being monitored by the, uh, the operations center there with cameras and um, around-the-clock observations of, of those incidents with the, with the goal of improving that. It really improves safety and improves the efficiency of the system if you get those accidents out of the way as quickly as you possibly can after they occur. This is one of the sheets of a, 
a balance sheet from a state transportation agency. You can see that the bottom line cash flow allotment for this fiscal year was $843 million. Um, a lot of ways to account for where that money goes. The one I circled here is maybe of interest to my colleagues here and you for your research proposals there. Annually, $10.5 million is set aside for planning and research. The Nebraska Department of Roads works primarily with the University of Nebraska for research. They're not nearly as deep a source as the Department of Defense or the National Science Foundation, but they are always here and it is a good partnership to work on. I hope to be able to connect more between your scholarship and the Department of Roads needs. Every year in the fall, the director of the Department of Roads goes before the Nebraska legislature and presents the highway needs looking 20 years out. Last fall, when we presented the needs, um, broken, whoops, broken down into these categories, resurfacing, Rural geometrics being roads that need wider lanes or wider shoulders or some expansion based on their traffic is, and they're not inside a municipal boundary. Those are rural geometrics. Same thing within a municipal boundary are called urban geometrics. And then needed improvements to railroad crossings in the state. When you look at the needs over 20 years and estimate the cost, non-inflated, this is, this is non-inflated dollars. The number is $10.1 billion needed for 20 years. Usually the message was our program is not keeping up with the needs. The needs are outpacing the, um, the current revenues. And uh, I think you can still say that even the department just published a $500 million construction program this year. So if you do the math uh, without, without inflating it, $500 million a year for 20 years just about, just about keeps up with $10 billion worth of needs. But our stakeholders aren't that patient. <laughs> Many of them are saying, yeah, but I want my road sooner than 20 years from now. So there's still the continual pressure for, for more revenue. So that's the end of my personal narrative for my career trajectory to the Department of Roads. What I hope to be able to do here as a professor of practice is use that, share, share what I've learned with students and faculty here. Um, I'll be finding my, my rightful place in terms of the teaching, service, research, and outreach components here. But I want to be a part of this community and help you all be successful.